Okay, I'm obsessed with Audible because it lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And with female writers and heroines, celebrity narration, multicast productions, Audible has you covered for every type of excitement that you're looking for, including true crime and mystery. And I know all of you love that too. For example, right now, I'm listening to None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. That's audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. The amazing Kate Casey. Welcome back to another week's episode of Reality Life with Kate Casey. Hope you guys are having a great week. I am totally paranoid that my children are going to get the flu. I've been watching the news every night and I'm just paranoid. So basically, I've warned them that they need to wash their hands approximately 85 times a day at school. And I basically have wrapped their hands in bubble wrap with the hopes that I can contain any diseases to the school doors. So if you are suffering right now with the flu, my heart goes out to you, especially if you live in one of the parts of the country that are being bombarded by ice and snow. I hope that you take this time to relax in some way and watch plenty of television. And if you need some recommendations, here are some. One, this week I've been watching the American Crime Story series, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. I'm about 45 minutes in, so take it for what it's worth. I have yet to see Penelope Cruz portraying Donatella Versace. I have to be honest with you, I don't have high hopes. However, in the first 45 minutes of the show so far, the gentleman, Edgar Ramirez, who's playing Gianni Versace, looks so much like him, it's, it's jarring. Darren Chris plays Andrew Cunanan, who's the killer. He's doing a fine job. And Ricky Martin plays Gianni Versace's lover, Antonio D'Amico. have to say... The guy, it does not age. He will be 85 years old and still look just as hot as, as he is today. So that's a good one. I watched the New Jersey reunion. Mm, gotta say, not that interesting. Siggy has probably lost her marbles this season. Of course, she's not coming back. Kim D is supposed to show up. Meh. At this point, I'm kind of bored by her too. I just think they need to cast a whole new group of women from New Jersey. Like I always say, my sister lives there. I know there are fantastic people there who are cap- make for captivating television. If the casting people need me to take a field trip, I'm willing to do that. I am happy to come to New Jersey and just to do some sort of bus tour and just pull up to people's towns, interview them, maybe at the, you know, the, the Moose Lodge and just get a sense of what's going on uh, in their neighborhoods because, um, yeah, the current cast is a little bit lackluster. I also watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I think Dorit is probably a garbage person. She's really just not honest, and I can't figure out the hair. I feel like PK is always hiding in the background, so I think that show needs to spruce themselves up as well. I purposely this week asked my two guests my recapping guests to watch shows that are new to television. So if you are looking for some new shows, this is perfect for you. Number one. Love After Lockup. It's a new show on WETV, WeTV. And it is basically follows couples where there's someone who lives as, as a civilian and someone behind bars. Somehow they manage to find love. We get into that, how they do that. They're now leaving jail and they have to go back into the real world. And so cameras follow them as they adjust to 
meeting one another outside of the confines of a prison? Um, Does that person get a job? How much sex are they going to have after they've been locked up for six years? All of the important matters. So check that out. Also, a new TLC show is called Seeking Sister Wife. Yes, you've probably seen a couple shows about polygamy. What you have not seen yet is the process that they take or use to find a new sister wife to join the family. I'm assuming it's pretty hard to convince someone uh, that it's a good idea to have regular sex with someone and procreate while he's also married to two other women. That's my guess. I guess it's according to where you live in the country. But the interesting thing is one of these couples lives in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm pretty positive that most people in Atlanta, Georgia don't come across families that uh, have some polygamy structure going on. So watch that one. My big interview this week is with Amy Duggar. If you have not heard that name, you've probably recognized her face. She's always in the background in episodes of 19 and Counting or one of the other shows, you know, their spinoff shows. She's the one that wears like regular clothes and has a regular hairstyle. She grew up with the Duggar cousins and she's been on some subsequent spinoff shows, one about her pursuing a music career in Nashville and then she and her husband, Dylan, appeared on Marriage Boot Camp. I had the opportunity to ask her questions about growing up with the Duggar family. And as you can see, she I can see that there's this internal struggle that she has about talking about herself and about being on the television show while not um, breaking any privacy that requests that they've asked of her. But as you will see, I, I ask her can you consider yourself a private person if you're on a reality television show? So I'm eager to hear what you guys think after you listen to her. Um, She's really sweet. And uh, I'm, like I said, I'm interested to know what you think. So after you listen to this episode, please go to the Facebook group, Reality Life with Kate Casey. Not only do we talk about all the episodes and much of the shows that are on during the week, but it's a great opportunity for you to kind of talk to other people about the, the guests that I have and some of the topics they discuss. So I definitely want to hear more about what you think. How private can someone be if they're on a reality television show? Are you getting married? Zola is the wedding company that will do anything for love. From engagement to wedding and decorating your first home, Zola's there combining compassionate customer service with modern tools and technology. They're basically reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience. I remember when I got married, I had a bunch of stupid stuff on my registry that I've never even used, like crystal glasses and like a waffle maker. But Zola has everything you love about your favorite department stores and plus things like honeymoon funds, fitness classes, and wine subscriptions. Uh, hello, could I have gotten a wine subscription? You have over 500 top brands and 50,000 gifts, experiences, and cash funds. You can personalize your registry with photos and notes about why you're covering certain gifts, price matching, free shipping, and top-rated app for iPhone, iPad, and Apple Watch. So if you're going to a wedding and you need to buy somebody a gift, you need to tell them about this great site. And if you're getting married, you better hop on board right now. This is what I want you to do. Sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry by going to Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash reality. Again, to sign up with Zola and receive $50 credit toward your registry, go to Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash reality. You might remember Amy Duggar as the 
Undugger, the one that looked a little bit different from everybody on 19 Kids and Counting. Amy is the cousin of the Duggar family, and she has not only appeared on that show, but a spinoff of that show. And then she also appeared with her husband, Dylan, on the show Marriage Bootcamp. I can't believe I tracked her down. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be here with you and talking to you. I'm excited. Okay, so first you've got to ex- ex- like go back and explain to us how you arrived on 19 Kids and Counting. And I guess the first way to do that is to explain how you are related to the Duggar family. Yes. Okay, so my mom is Jim Bob's sister. So I am the oldest out of all my cousins. I'm 31, and then it just goes on down the list. How <laughs> uh, many? Every, basically every number. We've got every number. <laughs> How many siblings does Jim Bob have, Jim Bob and your mom? How many of them were there? So they only had two, just my mom and Jim Bob. Oh, wow. My okay. grandma had just two kids. Yep, and now Jim Bob has 19, and my mom had one. Oh, my <laughs> My gosh. mom says I was 19 kids wrapped up in one, so. Wow. She so- was were you busy? Were you um, raised close to them? Like, did you see them all the time when you were growing up? I did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we shared just a lot of, obviously, all the holidays. But I was over there to play. Like, they were just my best friends. You know, I didn't have any brothers and sisters, and so I wasn't the type of little girl to just stay and watch TV inside. I was out playing and you know, climbing trees. And I can remember all the fun times we've had over at their house for sure. So were, was your mom raised in a religious household? She was, yes, she was for sure. Um, they went to church. They were just a normal family. Yeah. So the, the faith that they have now, um, Jim, Bob and Michelle, is that different from the faith that your mom had? Yes. Um, it's like just I a mean, different, like a different denomination. Like it's a different church than it, what yours. It, yeah, you know, their beliefs and the way they decide to raise their family and the kids, you know, that's really just their way of living. And I try to respect it. So is that, what? what's it like to be... Um, to be the cousin of like somebody who is a different or they've, they, the family is very open. They have just have a lot of rules. Did that make a difference if you're playing with them at all? Like would they ever get frustrated because you didn't necessarily follow the same rules? No, um, they're very sweet people. And so for me, I just, I am just me, and they know that, and so they laugh, and we, you know, I know what I can talk about, and I know what I can't, and I don't push those boundaries, because I do respect them, and I don't, you know, I don't ask them about, I don't, look, for example, I don't, I don't talk to them about Hollywood movies, you know, I don't talk to them about the new stuff on the radio, new songs, I don't talk to them about, you know, mini skirts, and I, I would just never do that, so there are things that we talk about, but it's more, um, I wouldn't say service level, but it is just more family dynamic, kind of the way we talk, than talk about the good time when we were younger. And I mean, we, we have all kinds of inside jokes. Like Jessa and I love I Love Lucy. So we like joke around about I Love Lucy a lot. And I find, I try to find common ground right. with them um, that, you know, allows me to be in their life. And just because I can't talk about 
singing, go see him in the newest movie with me. And if you can't see the, the newest showman with me or whatever, the greatest showman, um, that doesn't mean that we can't still be close and I still can't, you know, contact them and, and still be a part of their life. You know, they're still, a few, I mean, they're, they're my family. Family is family. So when they got a TV show, was that just so weird? I'm trying to imagine anybody in that position where all of a sudden your cousins get a TV show. That must have been so surreal. It was, it was, well, so they've always kind of had media attention, even if it was local, because I mean, they were just the cutest family, you know, there's the mom, the dad, and then all these little dunklings kind of like behind them, all these little kids. And they were, they grew up and there was just one after the other, one after the other. So it was like, whoa, like who is this family kind of thing? So even in Arkansas, you know, they were in the newspapers, they were everywhere like that. So it was kind of like, I was, it was almost like bound to happen eventually, you know, kind of thing. Um, but when they actually got there, so like I, we were all excited for them. Like, it's exciting, you know, like, wow, like, good for you guys. Like, I think that's awesome. Um, and I actually, there's been all kinds of speculation that I was like, I want to be on that show. You better get me on that show. And there's all kinds of, of course, people lie, make up all kinds of rumors and don't ever believe any tabloids. Um, I actually was there. My grandma at the time lived with them. And I was there to pick my grandma up to take her somewhere. And my grandma and I are like best friends. Grandma Duggar and I are best, like besties. We talk all the time, we stop all the time, we hang out. I, I spend a majority of my quality time is with her. So I just, I love her so much. But anyway, that's a whole other, a whole other side note. Uh, but so when I uh, picked her up, they were filming in the other room. And I was tiptoeing, literally tiptoeing with my boots on trying to not make a sound but the way her room was I had to kind of cross over you know around the cameras to get to her room to let her know hey I'm here um her phone was dead so I had to go in and um you know I I never asked to be on a show never asked for anything and it was when they asked who would like to be a chaperone for Josh and Anna and I kind of laughed out loud, not meaning to, but I was like, oh, like, like, oh, gosh, like, I can't, like, I got to get out of here kind of thing. And the producer saw me, like, covering my mouth, like, oh, she's laughing. Who? And so he came up to me, and he goes, who are you? I was like, uh, oh, I'm Amy. I'm the cousin. I'm going to just, I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to laugh. He was like, no. He was like that kind of brings a new element to the show. And I was like, oh, no, 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 like, no, no way. And um, anyway, he was like, well, do you want to be the chaperone? And I was like, you probably wouldn't like that. And he was like, why? And I was like, uh, well, I'd probably just let him kind of do whatever they would want to do. And he was like, oh, I like that. And he was like, well, why are you on camera? And I was like, uh, uh, like, what? You know, I had no makeup on. I had, like, I wasn't ready for camera at all. Nothing like that. And, um, and yeah, I was like, okay. So I got on there, and it kind of came like that. The cousin kind of was a part of whatever they were doing. It's kind of weird how it all happened, but, you know, I mean, hey, it happened, and I kind of went along with it. So if you're chaperoning, that just means that you're – you're along with them, but it, are you necessarily sitting right there so you hear their whole conversation? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's kind of, I would hate to yes, listen to someone's yeah, conversation. Yeah, no chaperoning is, 
yeah, chaperoning is very, uh, you're involved in whatever they're doing, whatever the date or whatever you're there. So it kind of keeps them um, accountable and makes them, you know, just, I, I I don't really know. I've never I've never had a chaperone, um, but and I but I've seen how they do it, and it is just a different way of life, you know. When you're on the TV show, um, is it what's the experience like? Because you were not on TV at all. I mean, you kind of saw them being filmed, but then all of a sudden, you're kind of a regular on the show, and people really enjoyed watching yeah. you. So, what was that experience well, like? It was it was really sweet. Um, I did not realize what I was getting myself into. I had no idea of just how people were going to portray. First off, how I was going to be portrayed. Second, how people were going to relate or not relate to me or think that I'm, you know, I've heard everything from, oh, my gosh, you're so stuck up and a brat to I felt I wish Amy had like cooler cousins to this and that. I mean I've heard all I've heard everything about me and I had to really dig deep and kind of not read all the like hateful and mean comments um and my Instagram like kind of blew up I never in a million years would think that I would have a platform to be to have a voice or to have any you know to to help or just to just to be a voice just for whatever I believed in, you know? I never thought that was possible. And so for me, I had to like step back and really evaluate like who I was as a person because first off, I was younger when that when all this all the fame and popularity of the show got started and I didn't want that to affect like who I truly was. You know, I didn't want to become this, like, oh, look who I am. Do you know who I am? Like, I never wanted to be um, self-absorbed or to feel like I was better than anyone else or anything like that. And so for me, it was like, Amy, like, get it in check, you know, because um, you don't, I don't want to become that person, you know. I just don't. That's not who I am. So so you, um, you had I, a, you, you a spinoff show where you, um, a Duggar Leaves Home, where you talked about your per- pursuit for a career in music so I did. did you did you sing your whole life or yeah during that time I was like oh my goodness like whoa like the idea of me having any kind of opportunities on my own crazy um I did go to Nashville I met with several huge huge labels and Kate I can honestly tell you that I um I was offered contracts. I was offered, you know, these huge labels to like sign me and it wasn't on the show. Um, and I, I literally turned them down. And the reason I turned them down is because in the contract, the way it was read was, um, they wanted to turn me into something that I wasn't. They wanted to make me like, not just the cousin, but like, Oh, the bad, sexy, edgy cousin they wanted to they wanted to make you like the raunchy like the raunchy Duggar cousin or something they did like the Britney Spears of the Duggar family kind of yeah just they wanted to make me very they wanted literally in the contract it read they want to change my hair color they wanted to change who I was associated with they wanted to change um what I wore like just my whole identity wow and and it became like this thing like oh we can do a lot with you and I was like, you know what? 
I'm good. Like, I don't want to become that. I don't care. Give me the fame, give me the money, give me the lights and the stage. But I'm going to be miserable at the end of the day because that's not who I truly am. How and old, I didn't want to be that. How old were you when this was happening? About 23, 24. Wow. And then... Yeah. And, and then, it was a time so, where... Jeez. Yeah, I mean, I could have easily, I could have easily done it, you know. But looking back, I'm 31 now. And looking back, I'm like, my life would have been so different. But I think I would spun, I would spin out of control. I feel like I would, you know, be associated with, like, just everything involved in actual fame and all that. I don't feel like I'm famous at all now. You know, I feel like I'm just the cousin and people just know who I am. But I, but I don't really consider that famous, you know? So you left, did you leave I'm Nashville? Like a yeah, you, person. <laughs> so, so you left Nashville, you went back to Fayetteville. You were, were you living there for just like maybe two years? And then um, the producers of Marriage Bootcamp came to you. At, so you, wait, you got married just two years ago, right? I did. I yeah. did. Yeah. So I went back home. I didn't actually live in Nashville. I just flew there all the time. I mean, I had a residence at a hotel and I would stay for weeks at a time. And, um, and yeah, so it was very just like, what is my life? You know, like, how do I, what am I even doing with it kind of thing? And so I realized, okay, I need to really like focus on like, you know, my life goals. Like I want to be married. I want to have a normal life and not just always have care in my face. Um, and so I, yeah, I dated, I dated some wrong guys. I mean, I could write a book about the frogs I've, I've kissed, you know, we've all, I guess we all thought those kind of stories. Um, but I found who I kind of was, you know, outside of the Duggar family, outside of being this, you know, this washed up country music wannabe, you know, I was like, I, I know who I am in Christ. I know who I am as a person and I'm going to just take some time for me. And that's what I did for a really long time. Amy, you've got to tell me, why do they all have that breathy childlike whisper voice? Why do they talk that way? I don't really know why they all talk like that. I just know that they're very soft-spoken, very classy women. And for me, sometimes when I go over there, I'm like, hey. And, like, I'm like, do I sound like a man? Like, literally. <laughs> because I'm, you know, outgoing, I guess. And I'm just kind of like, wow, like, kind of, like, out there. Yeah. And I don't mean to be. It's just my personality is, like, you can't. I'm like a bull in a china cabinet. You know, you can't just kind of close me off or shut me down or quiet me down, you know? And I, I go over there and I literally am like, oh my gosh, the way I talk, do I sound like a freaking man? I would, like, do I, and I I would definitely feel that like, way. I, a low I, voice? I would feel like, I would feel like <laughs> I just sounded like super aggressive. I feel like they'd be like, get, get the hell out of my house. Like, what is wrong no, with you? No. I know. Well, so they welcome anyone, which is sweet. But I, I, yeah, like sometimes you're just, you, you just feel like, man, what is wrong with me? Even though nothing is, you know, it's just, like I said, when you walk in there, it's full of love. And they'll give you hugs. And they'll welcome you. Um, but yeah, Eager's just like, do I get to start talking like this? Like, right. I, I, I could never do it, you know? And it's just, you know, I've never heard my aunt yell. I've, I will sing praises on that. I've never heard my aunt yell ever in her life, you know, never. And so I'm like, I'm like, man, like, 
she's like a walking, beautiful Disney princess, you know, who just has all the patience in the world and is this. Yeah, but I mean, but at the same time, packet. but at the same time, <laughs> like that doesn't seem totally normal because it's everybody has to freak out at some point. You know what I mean? Like maybe she just doesn't do it in I front mean, of people. Has, I don't know. I have never seen. I've never seen it. I've honestly never seen it. And I, I mean, I freaked out. You know, I got, I got proof on Mary Bootcamp. You know, I have moments. I break down. Like I'm going to be myself. You know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sure it offended a lot of people, but like that's real, real life. And I, I don't. I honestly have no idea um, if she has those moments. I've never seen them. And she carries herself with such class that she is just a, like the epitome of like the sweetest mother in the world, you know, kind of thing. And um, I really look up to her in the way that she does talk to her kids. And the way she, um, she just is just such a sweet, soft-spoken woman. And you can just tell that she loves God and she loves her family. You do know, you, and I, you, that's honestly all I can say. Do you ever get a sense that, um, do you ever get a sense that any of the kids, I mean, that that's a big family, 19. Like, I have four kids and I yeah. can tell that Yeah, at least one of them is like, listen, mom. I'm I'm blowing this taco stand. I'm going to move to the East Coast at some point, and I'm leaving here. Later. So don't you, do you think that there? I mean, there's got to be at least one or two kids that are like, I'm not going to. While I respect you as parents and I love my family, but this lifestyle is perhaps not made for me. I have no idea. I mean, I think even the ones that are married now. Um, you know, I'm making, you know, and I, but I don't, I don't know of any that are doing that. I don't know of anyone that's like, I'm going to wear a mini skirt and go to the clubs and, or, you know, go to the movies or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I really, I can't, I can't answer that question because I, I don't have an answer for you. There's, it's a very, um, just very respectful family. How about, um, and then you got wild, then you got wild me over here. That's like, yeah, I watch TV and I wear sports bras and I, you know, Oh yeah. That's <laughs> I love God too, but that's, that's, that's not exactly crazy, Amy, to wear a sports bra. Um, what about the, like they, they homeschool all of their kids. Does Michelle do that by herself? I mean, I do homework with my oldest child and, I mean, children's services want to show up in my house sometimes because I lose my mind trying to teach her math. How does she manage to like homeschool all those children and they're all close in age? So how do you do you have any sense of how she manages to do that? I mean, is, is there time put aside for each child and how does she manage the curriculum? Like that's just so much work to do. It, it would be a lot of work. I, and I honestly don't have any answers for you because I'm never over there um, during homeschooling hours or anything like that. Um, but they are smart. I mean, gosh, they're smart. And they must be doing something right because they're learning a lot. So well, oh, did any have, doing, have any of them wanted to go to college? Not that I know of, no. Um, but I did. I went to Southwest Baptist University for a little while. And, you know, college is a good experience. And you learn a lot about yourself. And you learn just kind of where you want to go in life. But, you know, I really think that they they just, they pursue life in such a different way. Um, and yet it's, 
it's the only way that they know. And well, some of the kids, I so, some of the kids do house flipping with their dad, right? Like there is, there's like a business that they, um, that they do in that, in, in, in Arkansas, correct? They like their, their house flippers. All or, the guys, like all construction. the men, all, yeah, all the men are busy. I mean, they all like, I mean, all of them are just, um, yeah, yeah. They definitely have, uh, they definitely are kept busy for sure. Yeah. And they're learning a lot. You know, they learn how to, to build and to, to sell cars and just to how to make, uh, income for their future family. Mm-hmm. And then the girls, do they, do you know if they work or, or is it more like they're homemakers? They're also, um, yeah. I mean, the youngest you know, is well, your cousins are. You're the oldest, but they're, are they still young? No, they're no Jessa and Je, Je, They're all like in their early twenties now, right? They are. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're they ma- mm-hmm. so those girls are married, but the ones that aren't married yet are they out of school yet? Um, this must be like so, you're like running through your head like all their names and ages. That must I like, am. <laughs> I'm thinking of like, oh my gosh, there's so much. There's so much. Um, I'm I honestly not necessarily comfortable answering these questions about them, just because their life. You know, I, I do respect them, but they live a private life. Um, and but, but here's I my question. Like, I guess here's my question. That that that's my question. Maybe you're, I don't know if you can answer this, but they're private people, but they're on TV. So that's, that's where I think people have a hard time understanding because it's like, why can't we ask those questions if they're on a national television show? Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. I just, it's not the fact that I don't think people, um, and people do, and people should know. I mean, it, who am I watching? You know, what are they about? They're a private family. And I know um, it's always very hard to contact them for sure. Um, but at the same time, like that's just kind of what they do. And they, you know, I can just, I can always talk for myself and speak for myself. And, you know, if there's any questions about Dylan and I that you have or anything else that I can easily talk about, you know, my life's still a book and I don't mind sharing. But when it comes to my family, I'm very protective of them because, They've been through a lot. You know, it has been rough the past couple of years and there's a lot of crap that's gone on and it's 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 really been hard. Tell everybody where they can find you because they're gonna, you know, wanna find you on social media now. Yeah. Um, so my Instagram is Amy Rochelle King. Um and uh, my Twitter is Amy Duggar. They won't let me change that since, you know, that's my name to begin with. So, Amy <laughs> Duggar. So, yeah, you can easily find me there. With DoorDash, there's something for everyone. You need a birthday gift? Check. Need to stock up on meals, sides, and drinks that your family loves? Also check. Pet ran out of food again? They've got it. Wellness essentials need a restock? It's a good thing they've got those too. The DoorDash app allows you to customize, substitute, schedule, and track your orders, as well as communicate with your shopper while receiving real-time updates. This has been a huge game changer for myself and for our family. Millions of people trust DoorDash for groceries, pet supplies, gifts, well-being, and more. And you should too. Shop with DoorDash and enjoy big savings. Use code KATECASEY to get 50% off up to $10 value on $15 minimum subtotal on your next convenience, grocery or retail order. For eligible users only, terms apply. 
Heather McMahon is a comedian. She's piss your pants funny. You've probably seen her on Instagram. She, she's always wearing a wig. And the great thing about her is that she's open to watching new and adventurous television. And one of the shows that I just asked her to watch is a show called Love After Lockup. It is at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on WeTV. WeTV is uh, a network that might not necessarily run across your radar screen, but... This is a gem of a show. Here's why. It's from the producers of 90 Day Fiancé, which we all know is fantastic TV. Love After Lockup is an all-new docuseries which follows six couples transitioning from romance behind bars to marriage in the outside world. So basically, after years of jailhouse recorded phone calls, handwritten letters, conjugal visits, etc., these couples are now experiencing on camera... Their first meeting, first date, meeting the family, and some of the most intimate moments of their relationship. So right off the bat, had you ever heard about the show? No, but I am absolutely obsessed with all the like MSNBC shows like Locked Up Raw and all that. So once I heard it was about something behind bars and love, I was in. (laughs) Okay. So. Yeah, I was so hooked. So. The first thing that's strange about the show is that these are people who are so desperate for love that some of them have found these companions in the jail through the most bizarre ways. I mean, typically you would think, sure, they write a letter, they find out about some program. But I was surprised to know that they're actually online dating sites where you can find someone in prison. That floored me as well. And one of the websites, I think it's just like meetaninmate.com. Like, very basic. You know, like, you didn't have to, like, filter through the internet. It's just meet an inmate. What's up? I mean, and also, like, how are these inmates uh, getting online? I mean, are they allowed to, like, do dating services while they're in prison? I have so many questions. Well, I had a friend in high school who went to jail for maybe, like, 10 years. And... okay. I was like one of the only people that actually kept in touch with him during that time. And my husband would always say, is it really normal for you to be writing somebody in jail? But I always thought, if God forbid I was ever in jail, I would hope that people didn't forget about me. So I always kept that in the back of my mind. And let me tell you, this guy got out. He got a job at a company in Texas and has worked his way up and is now married with a baby and like killing in life. So he's doing great. Great. So I love to hear that. I knew that while he was there, he had very limited time on the computer because he kind of gave up writing me emails because they give them such a short period of time that he would just write me letters instead. So I'm thinking of the girlfriends that I know and so many people that have asked me to help them write their online profiles because I met my husband on Match.com. This is like going to take a period of weeks for them to write a short profile to get enough time to just write it up and then I think about the people that online or online dating now and how it takes them forever to come up with like the perfect picture what picture do you put in your profile if you're an inmate Right. I mean, first of all, it takes me 25 minutes just to get the lighting right for a selfie on like a regular Tuesday. You know, and you're dealing with cell block lighting. You're dealing with God knows what kind of cream based color that they put you in. Some really unflattering jumpsuit. And, you know, one of the girls, um, Ala, I felt like her photos turned out like really great. <laughs> I she know. Was, like, really striking in her photos. So I'm just, yeah, I'm overwhelmed. By this, I was really overwhelmed by her story, particularly because I was like, "Yeah, she's kind of a knockout." 
She was beautiful, but I feel like she knows it, and I hate people like that. She was selling. Right. She was selling heroin, got busted selling, distributing, whatever. Um, right. She was in there for five years. She gets out. She meets like some tech nerdy guy, and then I thought. You know how many girls I know that are single and they just want a tech nerdy guy? And it's the woman who was right. selling heroin in the jail that mm-hmm. gets them. How pissed would you be? Oh, I would be absolutely furious. Yeah, her whole story was very interesting. And did you notice that when her parents picked her up, they were like cruised up in a Mercedes? Like there was some sort of backstory there that I'm sure that they will get into later on in the episodes. But I'm just like, there's a story behind there, too. I get, um, I get the feeling yeah. I get the feeling she's still either t- taking dr- or she's on drugs. I don't know how you do that while you're in jail, but I feel like if it's possible, right. she is or at least right. selling them because you were right. Why were they driving that souped up car? And they were acting like they had just seen her like last week, like it yesterday. Was yeah. bu- business as usual in the car. <laughs> Right. Right. Um, yeah, that's the first thing I noticed. I said something about that. I can't tell. Are they Russian, like Eastern European? But there is some sort of like Russian money behind there because the mom didn't even seem face. She's like, my daughter's getting out of prison. But, you know, like you said, she'd seen her yesterday. So then they have Jonna and Garrett. Garrett? Jonna came across this mugshot. She was drunk one night. She had a bottle of like, I'm going to guess like Riesling. And she was like rifling through pictures. She said she came across this mugshot. Where are, where, what websites are you going to? Is there a catalog? Was she looking in the newspaper? Where do you think she saw his mugshot? Well, here's the first thing. I did notice that they were in Florida and that's typical Florida right there. So I'm going to go ahead and throw that one up to the orange state. Um, but yeah, and his, here's the thing though. I feel very like confused about their relationship because he does have piercing, like green, haze, hazelish eyes. And I find myself like sort of attracted to him. But then when he opens his mouth, he sounds like Mike Tyson. If Mike Tyson like was 12, it's a whole situation with them. And, um, yeah, I don't know where she found it. Again, meetaninmate.com. It's insane. She, he also went to jail when he was 18. He's getting out. It's, he's 24. So he's never had a real job. Obviously, he, well, maybe he got a degree in jail. But based on what you said and how he talks, I'm going to say no, like a hard no on right. that. So he's going to get out. He's, there are no job prospects. She went ahead the previous year and bought him a house because he deserves it. And her poor sweet father is, you know, fixing oh, the air conditioning filters in her house. And it's just like, listen, I'm a little bit concerned about you. He knows that there's a possibility she might be murdered in the next year. The only probably good part is that there will be cameras documenting her for like at least a good six weeks. So she should be safe within that period of time. You know what really bugs me about her the most, though, is that she has that pink steering wheel cover. Oh, I go. You know, oh, I know it. I know it. What's the deep psychological issue there? I really don't trust people who have steering wheel covers, unless you're a professional driver. You know, unless you're a chauffeur and you don't want hot hands all day. I don't trust it. And I felt like her choice of attire to pick him up. First of all, she picked him up in an alley. I, it was the most. There was no, you know, big exit with a party or anything. It just no. seemed like she was, she right. was dropped in the back of a middle school. And she yes. was wearing like a Forever 21 dress and sneakers. I, I just thought, this guy's been in the slammer for six years. Wouldn't you want to like dial it up a little bit? But for her, she, again, 
are throwing shade on the state of Florida, but that's I think that's dialed up. I think she was like, this is it. This is the outfit that I see my boo in. And I love when she had to bring him clothes to change into, and it was basically a matching outfit. <laughs> like oh my God, shirt, you're right. white jeans. Yes, she wanted to match. And I was so creeped out and Tommy felt the same way when they interviewed him. Um, and, the, and he was like, you know, I can't wait to get back and, you know, get freaky. I almost like crawled out of my skin. Even though I was sort of lost in his beautiful eyes, I still wanted to crawl out of my skin. I'm telling you, they pulled over on the highway and probably had sex at least three times. That woman will not have a vagina in about six weeks. It's so gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So then there's. Andrea Lamar, she's a Mormon. She's a single mother with three kids. He was on the brink of a formidable career as a rapper before his 18-year prison sentence. So he has not been out in the real world for 18 years. And the the fact that she's dating um, or going to marry an inmate is a shock to her circle of Mormon girlfriends. I'm just going to say this. Why would you go to a bridal shower for a friend that you don't know any information about her fiance just to begin with? Why would you agree to even show up in the first place? Oh, don't even get me started with that. Also, I love when she describes it to her other girlfriend that was in the yellow top. She's like, I mean, I'm a Mormon and he's a gangbanger. (laughs) He did some time in jail, you know, He, he, he literally... She is an angel and he is a gangbanger. I almost died when she said that. Well, didn't she say that he was from Canada? How long can you use that excuse for? That is weird, too. Right. And she was telling her, like, very, I think, kind of savage Mormon girlfriends. And I love that they did arts and crafts for her, like, bridal shower. That was just really tugging at the heartstrings. Um, She she told him that he was in Canada. And so they had never asked any other questions about this guy before they sat down for a bridal shower. None of that adds up to me. Well, also, she made it very clear to them, I believe, that she could not have any lingerie that was the color red because, well, maybe she'd admit this later, but he's a crip. Yes, she said that as she pulled out those red shoes. She's like, can't wear these because he's a crip. (laughs) I mean, what is going on? And you have three kids, you idiot. I just hate people like that. I, I mean, I would just have to yeah. cut her off. Okay, the last couple yeah. is a doozy. Scott and Lizzie, he lives in Oxnard, California, which is so depressing. She, so depressing. She has been serving an eight-year sentence for a DUI charge. He has been single for two years, but they've been together for about a year. He seems like the, real, the nicest person in the world. Um, and yeah. he's been bulldozed by this obvious con artist. The the thing that surprises me about Lizzie is that she is somehow able to do videos, videos, video monologues, if you will, from the jail cell. In her cell. How is that possible? That threw me off. I didn't understand, like, was, was it a contraband phone? Like, is her cellmate helping her film this? She just set it up, like, on the bunk? Like, I had so many questions about that. Although, I must give her some props. That face was beat. She had, uh, that makeup looked flawless. So you've got to <laughs> give her that. But, but she has crazy behind her eyes. Like, 100%, mm-hmm. when she was on that video in her cell, you could just see that the wheels were turning, and it I, I literally fear for Scott's life. He's going to be one of those who just, you know, doesn't wake up, but he's, you know, his body's packed in a tub full of ice. I swear to God. I think you're right. 
I also found it interesting that she had quite a bit of uh, modeling shots for him where she had she had like pink underwear on and this tank top that she sort of lifted up. How do you get pink underwear? I I thought you're supposed to wear the jailhouse clothes. How are you? What? She's got a confiscated video camera and she's got Victoria's Secret. How is that possible? I did notice that in one of the photos that she kind of took, it what looked to be one of the prison uniforms, and she like, you know when you used to do this as a kid, you used to take your shirt and then pull it through the top and kind of make like a little yes. crop top? She was pulling that move. It was very 1997, I'm in sixth grade on the black top trying to look cute. It was yep. one of those moments. But it definitely looked like she had at some point had at least three children, and I don't think you should be doing yeah. that if you're stomach has been stretched due to the birth of a child it's just something that you have to hang that coat up at some point and say no no one needs to see this anymore all right and i love when they interviewed scott's kid and he was just like you know what it is what it is (laughs) you know just like over it well can you imagine if those walls could talk i mean his her son has probably seen quite a bit right oh 100 percent and now Scott has sent, he has admitted to, to the cameras that he has sent to her $20,000 thus far. She's about to pop out of jail. She's expecting big things. Like you said, mm-hmm. you are, are you like 98% certain that he's probably going to be murdered at some point? Oh, I'm not 98%, 110%. She's going to murder him because did you hear when she was talking to the son and she said, if that car isn't painted pink, like, I'm going to kill you. She basically already made threats. Also, this brings another question. How legal, like, how does this work with their probation? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are the, are the probation officers like, well, I guess this is like, you know, easy tracking for us. I just feel like if you've done like 18 years in prison and all of a sudden you're shooting a reality show, that's where some of them have done that up over there. I'm going to guess this. I'm going to guess in her spare time when she wasn't, emailing or writing letters to at least 17 other men. She was watching a lot of episodes of like Law and Order SVU. She has Uh a a couple tricks up her sleeve, at least two of them that have to do with poisoning, maybe putting bleach in his drinks. It's going to be a slow burn. She's going to contaminate whatever he's eating. She's going to get away with it. She's going to either do that or one of the other lovers is going to find out that she's living with Scott in Oxnard in the track home, and he's going to show up and kill him. Ooh, that's a twist I didn't see coming, but it makes a lot of sense. And I just want to cut Scott's ponytail. God bless him. But, oh, God, that ponytail is stressing me out. You know, I mean, Scott's probably physically the roughest one out of all the guys. But even then, I feel like we could find him love at a truck stop or something. Better than Lizzie. Lizzie? Uh-uh. I want nothing to do with her. She is bad news bears from from the get-go. So here's my last question. If you were to use your degree in armchair psychology, what is it about all of these people that are incarcerated that makes these other people, these losers, if you will, fall in love with them? It's the inaccessibility. It's the fact that it's kind of like a fantasy. You know, they don't have to deal with the rejection of going out and dating in the day-to-day world where you actually have to deal with, like, the highs and the lows of, you know, having to kind of maybe court someone or prove yourself to someone. You know, you get one of these guys to – you send him a – I hate to say it, but you send him a titty pic, and you're good to go. 
You know, it's that instant gratification of he needs me because he's on the inside and I have something that, you know, he wants and needs on the outside. You know, I'm going to honestly, I'm in a loving, committed relationship, but I might just get a side boo in prison just to like feel good about myself on my bad days. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's that. I won't let him know. I'll change my name, uh, change my phone number before I get out. But I might, I might actually buy a burner phone just to find a cutie on the inside. Not going to lie. Not going to I'm with you. Tell everybody how they can find you. Anybody can find me on Instagram. I am living my truth on the internet as every 30 year old woman should at Heather K. McMahon. And it's M-C-M-A-H-A-N like Ed McMahon. So that's where they can find me. I know everybody right now is on a health kick, and that's why I want to tell you about Roe Body Program. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. It could be you too. Roe Body Program members have support throughout the process. Roe's partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to the provider on demand for any questions. And you can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. And this means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.com slash KKC. Sign up today and you're going to pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash KKC. Manny Jacobs is hysterical. She has a mental health background. She's an MSW and loves psychoanalyzing everyone on reality TV. So it's only fitting that I've asked her to review a new show on TLC called Seeking Sister Wife. Jeez Louise, what a name. Seeking Sister Wife. This is not Sister Wives. This is an offshoot called Seeking Sister Wife. Sister Wives, where three families explore the various phases of seeking, dating, and transitioning a new sister wife into their lives. Mandy, what did you know about this show beforehand? Before I watched it, I honestly didn't know much. I just saw the TLC promos, but I was immediately fascinated with it just because um, I like anything polygamy, honestly. I'm just so into polygamy, not personally, but uh, <laughs> I just think it's so interesting. And, um, you know, it seemed like it was a different show than Sister Wives, which I appreciate. Um, I like to get as many takes as possible on polygamy. So I was super into it when I saw the promos and then I got sucked in on the first episode. Uh, uh, it, it is interesting because all the other shows you're presented this loser guy and his loser wives, but this gives you a window mm-hmm. into what happens beforehand, like the courting process. Again, was not aware. I'm learning in this this episode, as in this podcast episode, that there are many forms of online dating sites. There's one where you can find an inmate, and now there is a website where you can find a sister wife. And one of the families who looked really normal and I thought these people are fantastic they're um they live in Atlanta and they have two children they're about to have a third and they seem like totally normal people at the park and then they started talking about how they were looking for a sister wife now his name's Dimitri he seems to have a normal job she seems to be pretty smart and she's totally on board with him 
having another woman come into their life, he's pretty open about the fact that he wants to be sexually uh, involved with both women. And she's fine with that as long as that woman that they choose to come into their life becomes her very best friend. What did you mm-hmm. think when she said that? Um, I was like, good luck. Good luck, lady. Um, I think that, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thought, of course. Uh, but... Uh, you know, they said, too, that they, you know, they tried to bring one woman in and it did not work out. And they moved their entire family in with her, including those kiddos. And then it was like four months later, it all fell apart because she was, you know, not I don't know. They were kind of vague about it, but I got the vibe that she was not into the wife. Like she did not want to be besties with the wife. She just wanted Dimitri, which I don't blame her. He's a pretty good looking person. But um you know, it was, I, I don't know. It seems like they're just totally <laughs> making this, like they're creating this ideal about polygamy and they're not religiously like it's, they're not coming from a religious background in it, which I think is so interesting because they are truly just like, we just want more wives. Like Dimitri's like, yeah, I just want to bone a bunch of women and I want it to be all above board. And you know, <laughs> I found this one woman who's into it. So let's expand that further, which I mean, you got to kind of give him credit. Like he's at least like upfront about it. Like he's not playing it off. Like, Oh, this is like my religious belief or whatever. It's just straight up like, Nope, this is, this is what I want to do with my life. And she's like, I'm into it as long as I can have a bestie in the process. But I just, you know, I, good luck to her because I, I don't think I, I'm really interested to follow them because I don't think they're going to find what they're looking for. <laughs> and I think it might be like an amazing reality TV train wreck. Do you think that they're ma- made? F- Do you think it would be better for them to be part of a commune or to start a commune versus this? Because I know he mentioned that yeah. they didn't legally get married. So they were above the board as far as the laws goes. But they want this sort yeah. of fluid um life where there are a bunch of like half sisters and brothers and they're all being raised together but she's bananas if she thinks that the other woman is going to want to be close to her in fact she should probably watch archival footage of my five wives and sister wives (laughs) to know that most of these women don't even get along in fact they loathe each other Right. I mean, that's actually a great point because I think they give me a hippie vibe in general. So I feel like if anyone's going to start a commune successfully, it would probably be them. Um, And I think that, yeah, I, I just, I feel like that would be more where they should go instead of this, like, instead of like painting it, like we're polygamous, it should be more like we're just hippies and we just want free love and we want to all be together and like, grow our own food in our like farm out uh, yonder beyond the pond of our huge house that we all live in together. And we live off the grid and this is our life. Um, I thought it was interesting too, because he said something in the show where he comes, I mean, he was again, pretty vague in his childhood, but he did mention that, you know, none of his immediate family, like no one's really in touch. No one's really close. It sounded like, you know, he might've had kind of a rough childhood and, now and that's kind of where this is coming from I think because he was like no I just want I mean he said he made the decision when he was like 22 that he wanted to live this kind of lifestyle because he wanted like a ton of kids and I mean what guy doesn't want multiple wives (laughs) let's be honest you know Um, so I'm sure he was like this is the perfect solution to my problem because I grew up kind of isolated as a kid and whatever his childhood experiences were and now he's trying to like rectify that by 
having this huge family. He's going to create this huge family and be this patriarch that, you know, and I'm guessing he probably never had a patriarch really in his family. So he's trying to fulfill that now and just going from there. But I agree. I think they should start a commune and I bet they could get a few people if, if they tried. I mean, they're, she's a teacher. He's an IT guy. Like they're good. They're making money. They have cute, you know, they're cute. They have cute kids. I mean, they're appealing. I think they could get it going, honestly. And they also had children with unusual names. And I feel like if you're going to be a polygamist or live in a commune, you have to have names that are a little bit off the grid. Yeah, I think that's like part of the like qualifications. Like you must, you must. So (laughs) the second family was the Aldridge family. There's Jeff and he has two wives, Vanessa, and I believe her name's pronounced Sheris. They're a Mm -hmm. fundamentalist Mormon family. Jeff met Vanessa and Sheris within a year of each other. And he's spiritually married both, which probably means he's trying to stay, you know, above the board as far as the law goes. They live in one house and the women share in the household duties, including cooking, cleaning and ironing. And thus far, the family has seven children, but they eagerly wait another sister wife because they want to multiply that number. And in fact, they're courting a woman they've only spoken to via Skype. Her name is... Something's Melinda, Melanie, something like Melania, Melania, something of that sort. And Mm -hmm. she has the the last part of the episode is that it's going to be to be continued because she has some big secret. I did not get the feeling that the women enjoyed this woman, and I didn't get the feeling that he was sexually interested in her because she looked like a woman who was probably fifteen years older than she was pretending to be. And Mm -hmm. she had really bad um, decor in her home. So I'm assuming Mm -hmm. she probably um, hasn't left home in about 12 years. What did Mm -hmm. you think? Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, You know, it's always so hard to tell on Skype, too, because I feel like, you know, the connection's bad and you can't really. Someone's like pixelated, but it looked like she was wearing really heavy makeup in the Skype thing too and I was like uh oh this isn't and we all know that this man likes them younger right because this is my issue with this family I think his wives are both really beautiful like they're really attractive they actually both seem pretty normal to me um you know but I think when they said so they said that his first wife he met her when she was 22 and he was 44 now like my husband's 10 years older than me. Like I don't hate on, you know, older men, younger women unions at all. But to me, like that's what, 22 years. Like that's a little, we're getting into the little bit of like, Oh, that could be your daughter technically situation. And then, and then with Sharice or Sharice or whatever her name is, like when they interview her, she says, well, I I think I was I was like 18. <laughs> and for me, that's just like alarm bells everywhere. I'm like, she, that means she wasn't 18. She was a minor. Like he met her at like some weird camp cookout thing, which <laughs> also to me screams like children. Mm-hmm. And why is this older man here with all these kids? And they were both cooks at this. I don't even know. It was like a weird convoluted story. But like I got that they were both cooks at this camp And so that whole thing is like so many red flags. And that just brings back the whole like stereotypical polygamy, like these gross old men marrying these like babies, you know. And so 
whatever, 18 or not, she was like 18. I'm going to guess he was probably, I mean, he's at least like 45 at this point because this is after he's married or joined unionized with his first wife, whatever you want to call it. So like he's at least 45. I would guess he's probably shooting towards like 47 at this point, maybe 46, 47. And so you're like meeting this like possibly 18 year old girl. So those, um, those women, you know, and then you, you're telling me those women are in their twenties. Cause they looked like an even 38, 39 years old. Well, now there are, I think now, because if you look at their kids, so the first wife met him when she was 22. And so now she has those kids. I mean, I would guess they've been together for like 10 years. I would guess she's like mid thirties now, which puts Sharice or Sharice in like, well, she was, let's just benefit of the doubt here, 18 when she met him, then she's at least like late 20s Gross. now, which I think like, yeah. But um, anyway, so the whole point is like, he obviously likes some young. Um, and so, yeah, and this Melania, Melanie, whatever her name is on Skype does not look, I mean, I would, I would say she's at least in her 40s, just from what I saw on the Skype. So why I don't think that one's going to work out. <laughs> why do they sit with him on the couch and, and fondle him so much? They sit on either side of him. Oh, he wears really tight I jeans. And know. I was just waiting oh. for uh, Vanessa to just oh. rub her hand over his testicles. Me too. And, the other one. and like the uh, sheriff keeps like a Sharice keeps like rubbing, like stroking his arm. And every time I see it, like my eyes go right to it. And I'm like, Oh, God, it's the worst. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Like, we get you guys are together. Like, don't fondle each other on TV during a polygamist interview. Like, Dude, if it's, he's, it's not a good look. If he's 45, is it possible that how many times a week do you think he's having sex with these women? Well, now he's got to be. I would say let's put him at like fifth, mid 50s now, right? Because he was 44 when he met his first wife. Mm-hmm. But so mid 50s. Even like I don't know, like it can't I mean, be that much. I just don't see a fifty-five-year-old man. It can't be. I'm having a lot of like, sex. He's unless he's on Viagra. I mean, that's what I mean. Like unless you're popping Viagra or something, because you have two young women that you're married to that are at least late, like late twenties, mid thirties now. So you know they want to get down with their husband, and like you know you're you're mid fifties. You're tired. You're working. Like, I can't imagine that their sex lives are that exciting, but Gross. who knows? I've been, okay, <laughs> never now, know. now the last uh. family is a doozy. So there's the Briny family. Oh. Drew's the husband. Yeah. He looks he looks like a beat up version of Sean Lowe, the former bachelor. He's married to, mm-hmm. a- well, April was his first wife. Then he's got Aura Lee. And then a new woman named Angela that he just married in a spiritual union. They had a spiritual union 13 days after they met, and they already have a baby. Here's what you need to know about this family. April hates everyone. Aurelie has a lisp. It's painful to listen to. And she even admitted to sometimes lying and saying it was was a Danish accent. And Angela looks at everyone like they're batshit crazy, and she wants to come up with an escape plan. Now, a lot of the people in our, in the Facebook group, the Reality Life of Kate Casey group, they thought that April, the oldest wife, was an absolute bitch. What did you think? 
Okay, so I actually was one of the people, I posted this whole thing. Like, I started a thread that just, like, went crazy on that Facebook, on our Facebook page about it. Um, because I am, I think she's a total bitch. And I hate, honestly, I'm like, I'm such a social worker, but I hate, I hate labeling women with that. But she really, truly, like, she's so passive aggressive. She's so manipulative. And then she's just this martyr, like the whole scene, by the way, I like, I live for this family. Like this family is going to make this show for me. I just, as soon as they came on, I was like, this is what I've been waiting for um, because it's so dysfunctional. But um, she is such a martyr and she's just like this victim. And so the whole scene, they're, they're, they're moving into this house together, right? They're finally all going to live together. They've got this like, 7,000 square foot house or whatever it is. It's ginormous. And they're all figuring out, like the wives are figuring out where they're going to live. And there's one master bedroom, of course, which is, of course, where the husband's going to be. And then which wife's going to be there with him. And in my, like, you know, I, I'm not in a polygamous relationship, but for me, I'm like, well, the first wife should obviously be in the master with him. That's like, me, that's a no brainer. Yeah, that's an... right. And yeah. then I think, and that would be April. But I think that it, w- and I think that's what all the women were thinking. But then April is so manipulative that she like flips the script on everyone and is like, well, I just want to be in the basement because I want to be what's best for the, I want to do what's best for the kids. And it's like, come on, you were just there, like literally the scene before this scene, it was just like April and Oralee in the house, poor Oralee, we'll get to her in a second, but it was April and Oralee in the house and April sitting there going, oh, I would never want to be in the basement. I would never want to be in the basement, you know, and then it's like, so then they're all deciding it and April's like, well, I just want to do what's best for the kids, Oralee, like you don't want to do what's best for the kids is what she's implying and it was just so gross. It was so gross. And so, and then she's just like staring at her with this resting bitch face the whole time. And that's what I like took a picture of my TV screen because it, I caught her in her like RBS moment. And I was like, Oh my God, this chick, like I cannot handle her. And that's what I posted on our Facebook page. So, um, but does, does yeah, this I mean that she's the worst. one woman stays in the master bedroom or that he, whomever is with him that night gets to sleep in the bed with him? No, it means one woman is staying in there. So April was like, well, I'm going to take the basement because it's better for the kids, which I don't even know what that means. Like, does that mean they're going to like live in bunk beds down there and she's going to sleep down there with them? I mean, I, anyways, but, um, so that means, cause they already said, um, the new, what's her name? The newest wife, the day wife. I don't know. Angela. Angela. Thank you. Um, was going to be up in the room with the glass windows, whatever that was. And so she's going to be up there. She's going to be like upstairs. So I think Aura Lee is going to take the master. That was my impression. And so this April is <laughs> so manipulative because that means now Aura Lee is going to have to take the master bedroom. And then April is forever going to hold that over her head and be like, well, you know, you have the master. Like I just did what was best for the kids. Like, well, you know what? Sure. If I were her, I'd it's go. Crazy. Great. Thanks. And never bring it up again. I know. Yeah, thanks. Well, yeah, me too. But so Orly's not. Where, He's a people pleaser. Where are these women having sex with them? Because they're sharing. They're only seven bedrooms. They're obviously oh, sharing bedrooms with their children. They have to like he's cycling around. Yeah, I don't know. And that's a good question because I I don't understand the whole basement situation. Like, I don't know if there's a bedroom. There must be. I I would hope and I can't I guess I can't really assume because who knows. But um, I would hope there's like a bedroom in the basement. I would hope it's like a big basement playroom and like a bedroom down there. And then that's what they're talking about, because 
I got the impression he's going to cycle around to the bedrooms and bone them all on their nights, allegedly. Disgusting. And, uh, you know, and then, like, whatever. And then all of his stuff is in the master. So, I don't know. But... Ugh, it's such a weird. I can't even imagine. It's such a weird situation. Okay, but wait. poor Orly. Tell me, tell me, <laughs> as a social worker, why does she mm-hmm. still have that lisp? Why didn't she get it fixed? Okay, well, I. It's a speech impediment. It's not a lisp, and it broke my heart when she called it a lisp because I totally would put money on the fact that her parents or someone, some adult, told her when she was a kid. That's just a lisp, right? Because it's not a lisp if you want to get real specific. Like a lisp is with the S and you can't say your S's, right? And I'm not a speech therapist, so I I'm fully intend I can be totally wrong on this. But I do know that it is a speech impediment because she can't say her R's, right? She pronounces her R's as W's. And, um, you know, normally a kiddo who had that kind of speech impediment wouldn't slip through the cracks. They would be, they would either by a teacher or a parent, they would get put into some sort of speech therapy through their school, at least um, when they were young, but she comes from a polygamist background. And so I would, again, put money on the fact that she's probably homeschooled. So that means, you know, those kids all get slipped through the, slipped through the cracks. And so, I guess that what happened was her parents probably told her when she was a kid, like, it's a lisp, you know, who knows? Maybe they were like, you'll grow out of it. And then they never got her therapy for it. And now she's like an adult who still calls it a lisp because she doesn't know any better. And then she has to be like, oh, maybe I tell people it's a Danish accent. But that broke my heart. That didn't break my heart. That was... I had to bring my was like you're an idiot get off television you're so stupid I, I mean they're all painfully I dumb know. I can't even take it and then the, I know. the scenes for next week see, next week are that um, Drew Briny sits mm-hmm. the kids down and has to explain to them why they can't talk to the neighbors why they have to lie about who the other women are in the house and then also <sighs> tell, tells them that he might get arrested so these people are garbage pale parents yes I agree a hundred percent, hundred percent. And to put those kids through that, it's just awful. It's awful. Are you going to watch any more of the show? Oh, you know, I'll be watching every week, (laughs) like drooling over it. I just love it. I like live for this stuff. It's just the best. (laughs) So it's the worst. So if people want to find you, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on the Reality Life with Kate Casey Facebook page. I am the other admin, so I'm sure you'll see you'll see my posts if you're on there. Um, I like to take pictures of my TV screen and certain scenes of shows, and then post about them. So please join in the conversation um, if you really want to see any of my personal life, which is the pictures of my kids and beer and wine and food really in Nashville <laughs> you can find me on Instagram it's a uh, Mandy M-A-N-D-Y-J 555 but probably boring for you guys but still feel free to friend me on there too I'll accept you do you remember <laughs> when we were kids and on the sitcoms whenever there was a phone number set on a sitcom they would always say 555 yes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah, they never say, they never say that any, anymore. Like it would, I would be watching Wonder Years or The Facts of Life or know, whatever. Maybe. Growing Pains, Growing Pains, they would always say that. Growing His number pains, is they would do it. Five 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 two three four one. Yeah. I know I found out that the reason they did that too is because they couldn't like they didn't want to say a real number and have people like try to call it 
I guess. <laughs> yeah, and, so and you know, there's some dumb shits that probably did. Like, I'm going to call Jason yeah. Seaver right now at 555-2341. Totally. <laughs> Without an area code. So good. I'm just going to try it. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The amazing Kate Casey. I want to thank my guests this week, Amy Duggar, Heather McMahon, and Mandy Jacobs. I want to remind you that you should go to iTunes and subscribe to the show. If you do so, you never have to think, God, when does Kate have a new episode? It will be right in your queue. Click it, enjoy it, share it. And also remember to leave a five-star review. Again, always important. The more reviews I get, the more exposure the show gets. So please remember to leave a review, which is so easy to do. You can find me on Facebook. Go to the search button and look for Reality Life with Kate Casey. We've got a group for the podcast. Everyone's really funny and it's really interesting conversations, thoughtful conversations about the episodes. And also you can deep dive reality shows or you can find my other Facebook page, which is Love and Knuckles. You can go to my website, loveandknuckles.com to read weekly recaps all week long of reality shows. This week I did Real Housewives. I did a couple of new shows. And of course I did the Bachelor recap. You can find me on Instagram at KateCaseyCA. I'm about to imitate a picture of Bella Hadid. And then Twitter, which is so much fun, is at KateCasey. I love to tweet during shows. Please let me know who you want to hear on upcoming episodes, both uh, featured guests and then guests that you'd like to hear me ask, review reality television shows. As always, have a great week. Um, and... Don't, for the love of God, try to get not get the flu, especially if you have kids that want to hang out with my kids this week. So stay healthy. Again, have a great week. Have you ever listened to Bravo TV's The Daily Dish podcast? Straight from the Bravo headquarters, BravoTV.com producers Megan Segura and Rachel Roberts break down last night's most outrageous moments and discuss the headlines everybody's talking about. Please enjoy this interview with Sheena Shea from Vanderpump Rules. I love that we have these um, these photos in here. I know, right? Yes. I mean, tell us about, like, at what point... Yeah, when did this happen? That was, like, a year ago. Because I chopped my hair around New Year's, so that was a little over a year ago. I was still with Shay when we shot that I have a wedding ring in. What is oh, my the, right, yeah. God, what God. is the diet exercise regimen that leads to looking like that? Thank you. A uh, personal trainer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, honestly, like, I wish I could say I still eat as healthy as I used to. I don't. 
Um, because I just, I love food and people like don't believe that. I'm like, no, I eat cheeseburgers every week. People always tell me to, and I take their advice and I do it. (laughs) But I mean, I love Mexican food. I love pasta. So those are things that are in my regular diet, but I make sure to work out at least four times a week. And I do have a personal trainer and I have some things at home where if I'm just like watching like an episode of Grey's Anatomy or something, I'm like, I will watch the show. And then during the commercial break, like do as many crunches as I can and then watch the show. And so like... (laughs) I have these little things that I do at home when I can't make it to the gym with my trainer. But, I mean, a personal trainer isn't relatable for everyone, but that's what helps me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for a proper introduction, everyone, we are here with Sheena. (laughs) Yes, yes. And, uh... You know, we told you this the last time you were on the podcast, but our theme song is Shake That. Yes. Okay, I've heard that. Now, how much would we have to pay you to record an original song for our podcast? Like right now? I mean, right now, oh, in the future. In general. Yeah, oh, my God. General. James and I should do that. For, <gasps> yes. Like, seriously. That's our dream. Literally, like, no. if James could do it, it would be so that awesome. That would be, okay, let's do it. Let's okay. make it happen. All right. Okay, you heard yeah. it here, folks. She said it. She said we, yes. We've <laughs> talked about doing a song together recently. But um, it hasn't happened yet, so I'll tell him now we have a job opportunity, and we got to get this done. Okay, yes, I'm so please. glad to know, though, the music career, Isn't not done. dead. It's not a career. It's more of a hobby, and it's right. something that I always had fun doing on the side. Like, I mean, if you know me, you know I'm not, like, shy to be in the center of attention on stage. So that was something that was always fun and performing, and now I'm actually going to continue the on stage performing aspect, but not singing with acting. I'm going to be starring as Robin Brown in Sex Tips for Straight Women from a Gay Man um, in Vegas starting January 4th. Oh my God, how exciting. Yeah. I heard that and it's so excited. Yeah. Do you have a best sex tip? Um, up, twist, over, and down. Nice. Come oh. see the show and you'll know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we just want to say welcome back to season five. Six. Six. Oh, my gosh. I'm so I know. Sorry. I, I can't believe it's been six years. Yeah. I mean, more than that, probably. I can't either. Uh, so you're in a very different place now than you were at the end of season five. Yes. Oh, well, I'm single again, so that's the same. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're single, are you are you dating now or are you taking a break? Um, I'm not interested in dating right now. Rob is still very much in my life. We're very good friends. We talk almost every day. We still hang out every week. So as much as we're not together anymore, we still spend so much time together that I'm I'm not even interested in spending that time with anyone else. I'm just focused on myself right now, my career, and this next chapter of my life, moving. I've never moved. Lived in Southern California my whole life. So this is a time that I don't want to spend dating, and I just want to spend focusing on myself and my career. Where are you moving? Vegas. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. No, I have to move. This is a full-time job. Oh, wow. So I'll be there for four to six months, starting January oh 4th. Right, because we've seen Sonia did, like, a brief stint in yeah, the show. Yeah, mine's Gigi. not brief. Mine's no. four months initially, and then depending on a season seven, when that would start, I may extend or not. I'm not sure. But as of now, I'm there January 4th to May 6th. Well, wow. congratulations. Thank you. That's so exciting. Yeah, seven to eight shows a week. Wow. I'm off on Wednesdays, so I will be traveling back to LA. I'll still be at Sur. Like, I'm still keeping all of that up, but I will be living full-time in Las Vegas. That is crazy. I didn't realize it was that involved. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually have to move on Christmas. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, good luck. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day. I'm just not going to go on social media. It's just like going to be like skipping Christmas, like Christmas with the cranks. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, is it weird for you or Rob to be watching the season now? We actually watched the first episode together. We did. Lala, her man, came over. There was like, her brother was in town. We had like a couple friends over. And it was fun to watch it together, but that was just the first episode. I don't know if we're going to want to watch every episode together. Right. But I didn't know how he was going to feel about it because he was very hesitant to do the show, but he knew that my life is my job and my job is my life and they kind of go hand in hand. There's no separation. So he knew how important it was for me to show that side of my life because that for the past year was the biggest part of my life. It was the happiest part and he did it for me. Things didn't go as we wanted. They went the way we um, were afraid they would, but we got through it and uh, yeah, it was it's interesting to see me with someone new. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine how that is for the viewers seeing me with Shay for so long. But now it's like for me, I'm like, oh, my God, that's Rob. Like, it's so exciting. Right. But it is it is weird because, I mean, you again, it's an edited version of our lives. So seeing bits and pieces is different. But it was fun, at least for the first episode, watching that together and making fun of ourselves. Like, I love doing that. I wish we could bring the people's couch to, like, our apartment, but have just, like, our cast watching our show, like, critiquing ourselves, making fun of ourselves, because that's what we do when we watch it. I'm not talking shit about the other cast members. I'm making fun of myself. Right. And I just think that's so entertaining. Like, I should do, like, a live stream or something one night watching the show. Yeah. So, Lala and her guy still together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you and Rob kind of taking a break. Yeah. And Stassi and her boyfriend on the outs. Do you think the show plays a part in it? Because we don't see Lala's boyfriend. Um, Well, he is a very private person. He doesn't want that. And Rob's the same way. I mean, him and Rob talked a lot before doing the show. And uh, Rob knew how important it was for my storyline that after coming off a divorce, being in a new happy relationship, it was to show that. But um, Lala's man will never be on the show. He said if she's a housewife, maybe. So if we ever graduate, <laughs> you may see him. But... Um, Wait, sorry. What was I? <laughs> Just do you think that the fact that he did come on the show, has that at all played a part in the breakup? Yes and no. Like, you'll see probably in, like, I don't know, maybe episode three or four, what was said about him that made it difficult. And that was kind of the moment where he goes, okay, this is exactly what I was afraid of happening. Mm. Like, it, that's not his job. Like, he's not a cast member. He just was you know, a part of my life and wanted to show those parts, but then got completely thrown into the lion's den. A rumor is brought up and not going to spoil anything. It'll all play out and you'll see that. But it was just really frustrating. And this was like the reason why he didn't want to do it in the first place and was just like, I don't want this part of your world to be in my life. And as much as he wants me in his life and I am still in his life and we are still amazing friends the whole reality world aspect of it just scares him and he doesn't want to be a part of that anymore but he tried and he did it for me because he loves me but yeah speaking of his hesitation were you surprised that Stassi had Patrick on the show I was shocked because I mean I've known Patrick for years ever since like season what 
two or three. And when I heard he was filming, her and I, I don't even think we're really talking at the time, but I text her and I was like, oh my God, like, I'm so happy for you. Like, I know this must mean so much to you that he's finally filming. And she was like, yeah, we just filmed last night for the first time. Like, thank you so much. And then I don't know everything that happened, but seeing just in the preview and that part of like them breaking up, like that's, that's hard to watch because I know how much it meant to her to get back with him. Like that was her person. And then to bring him on the show and for it to still not work, it's like, I can relate. I get it. And it sucks. Yeah. It was kind of sad to see that you and Stassi don't seem very friendly this season. Um, You'll see shifts in that up and down. Um, I just think that it's unfortunate that I do group Kristen, Katie and Stassi together, but they have so many similar traits and we're just we don't mesh well together it's like we've tried to force this friendship for so long and sometimes it's organic and then sometimes it's forced and then sometimes they're just so mean that I'm like I don't want to be friends with you anymore but then sometimes they're so amazing that I'm like no I love being friends with you and you'll see a lot of that this season but Stassi and I did have a drunken emotional conversation and um, yeah, it's just it's very up and down with us. But I think you'll see a lot of that play out this season. It's so funny because when she was in the office a few days ago, she said the almost exact same thing. You guys just don't vibe well. Yeah. And that's OK. But it's just there's something that you guys don't mesh. I think we have very similar A type personalities. We're both leaders. We're both used to being the ones who get what they want. And this is my way and this is my way. And it's just like there are a lot of things that we're so similar with that we just butt heads and we just clash. And it's like, well, she has to give in to me to get my good side, but then I have to give in to her to do that. It's like Mm. they're just little things that I don't have issues with any of my other friends over. And for some reason with Kristen, Katie and Stassi, it's just like I'm like, no, but it is you guys because my 30 other friends aren't like this. So I just don't think we mesh well, but... I mean, I still, I was just saying to the Daily Dish, like, I have so much love and respect for every cast member. I may not like all of them. There are quite a few of them I don't like, but (laughs) I love everyone. I mean, we're all on this journey together. It is an ensemble cast. I mean, we all bring something different to the show, and the show wouldn't be the same without any one of us. It's like, yeah, it could go on, but it wouldn't be the same. And at one point in my life, each of them has been there for me and supported me. And for that, I'll always love them. But I don't like them for some things they did this summer. Mm. (laughs) Oh, can you allude to anything specifically? It it has to do with Rob and rumors. And Mm. but I mean, that's the game we play with each other so right you were really there for Brittany when you know the whole Jack's cheating rumors you know rumors mm-hmm. again come up and we find out he did and she's still with him you're such a strong gal like we see the way you sort of deal with things mm-hmm. and relationships and what do you think about that that she's staying with him it frustrates me it really does but I mean I also like I love Jax and as much as he can be an asshole and be a terrible person. He has a good heart and he has those good qualities that she's hanging on to that. So I understand it. And especially right now, his dad is battling stage four cancer. She's not going to kick a guy when he's down, no matter what he did to her. She's that good of a person that she's still going to stand by him because he needs her. And no matter how much he hurt her, she's still there for him. So it's like, it frustrates me because I'm like, you're too good for him. You're better than this. But from like a friend's standpoint, I'm like, 
I mean, I get it. Like, they've been in each other's lives the past couple of years. They've been through a lot together. And as much as I think she should have walked away, I do understand the reasons why she hasn't. Uh, you know, it all kind of came out at your birthday party. Yeah. Are birthday parties cursed? I think they are. I think my birthday parties are cursed. I mean, I specifically left Katie and Stassi uninvited, so like nothing would happen and it would just be fun. But I mean... Little did you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've left Kristen off the invite list before and then something still happens. So yeah. Um, but I think I want to continue having birthday parties just to see what's going to happen next. <laughs> Please do. Yeah. So we play this game on the show. It's called Sophie Stanbury Choice. Okay. So it's like a Sophie's Choice, but Sophie Stanbury, because she's a lady of London. Okay. All right. Would you rather be in a recording studio all day with Shay recording a new song or in a recording studio with Brandy recording her podcast? Brandy all day really? long. Oh, yeah. She's asked me to be on her podcast, but out of respect for Lisa, I haven't accepted that offer yet because I won't do anything like that with Brandy that could disrespect or upset Lisa. But if Lisa's okay with it, I would love to do Brandy's podcast. I think she's hilarious. So are you saying there's still bad blood between? I try not. I mean, Lisa... We have that friendship level, but she is still my boss and my superior, and I try not to get too involved in her personal life, because she's way involved in ours, and I think that's enough for her. Right. <laughs> so, whenever there is, like, I mean, there were, like, a few tweets that Brandy and I had exchanged, and I think it had kind of hurt Lisa's feelings, and I'm like, I didn't, I, it was just, like, for me, like, before Lisa and I knew each other, Brandy and I had a feud for years already, so to be able to kind of squash that and be cool with each other, and when I see her out, like, I ran into her at Coachella, and like Rob and her boyfriend like hit it off and they were talking and we hung out and it's like whenever I see her just to be able to not get that like evil eye death stare it feels good so I would definitely rather be with her all day than recording a song with Shay awesome well I think to end this interview you have a pin tweet it says 2017 a year of doing me if you don't like it I probably don't like you what is 2018? I think I'm just going to change the 7 to an 8 in that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> like it still I love applies. It. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I really felt that way this year. But as much as I was doing me, it was I was in a relationship and I was doing everything to make sure that like... Rob was happy and like his life was going good with his production company and like doing everything I could to help him that I really wasn't doing me. And 2018, that is all I'm doing. I'm moving out of LA for the first time in my life. I'm taking on a job that I normally wouldn't have, especially if I was in a relationship. If they offered this to me to audition, I would have been like, yeah, that's cool. Thanks, but no thanks. Like, I don't want to move away from my man. So 2018 really is going to be a year of doing me. So I think I'm just going to change the seven to an eight. Oh, That's I love it. that. Yeah, year of Sheena Shea. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura. No murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in 
Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now ad-free on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus. <laughs>